Hit well into center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here. Ohtani with a pinch hit home run. At the plate is Mike Trout. The pitch on its way. It's blasted out to dead center field. Out of here. Ball gets away. He's going to break for the plate. Ball game is over. The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. Hey, what's going on? And welcome to the Angels Recap Podcast, edition number 70. Yes, for the first place, Angels. Uh, My goodness, so what a start it has been for this Angels team. A lot of exciting wins, uh, a couple of uh, tough losses. The one on Saturday night, I know it's a a tough one uh, for the Angels, 15-1, to but also uh, to lose in kind of a heartbreak fashion on Tuesday night as well. Um, But yeah, a lot of memorable wins to this point for this Angels club, who right now is tops in the American League West, and before Tuesday's game, had the best record in the American League. It's, It's not a whole lot to celebrate, only what 11 games in as we're taping this uh, before Wednesday's game against the Kansas City Royals wrapping up that series but uh, still I think that what you can see from this Angels team right now is uh, an opportunity for this team to be really good I think that you are seeing right now just a little taste of what this team can be and what could be on the horizon for the Angels here in 2021 here's what's on the horizon here in our show today we're going to go through uh, talk about this hot start the Angels have been off to we're going to go through the injury bug and why the Angels have made some of the moves that they have made to this point. We're also going to check in on what's going on with some of the starting pitchers. Uh, There's been some good, there's been some bad. We're going to talk about both uh, on the podcast. And then we are going to hear from Jose Rojas, the Anaheim native, the uh, late draft pick, 36th round out of Vanguard, Uh, Everybody knows that snippet of the Jose Rojas story, but let's get to know Jose Rojas a little bit, and that's why we're going to have him on the podcast coming up in just a little bit, and we are gracious for him, giving us some time, because all of a sudden he is in a pretty big role for this Angels team, still as yet, as we're recording this, yet to pick up that first big league hit, uh, but now all of a sudden thrust into a position where he's going to be very important for the Angels with Anthony Rendon on the injured list. Um, let, let's talk about the injured list right now because all of a sudden that is a very busy place. Obviously, pretty devastating news with Dexter Fowler being done for the season, tore his ACL on that bang-bang play over at uh, second base. And that was a tough one because I think for a while it looked really bad in the moment. And then you kind of got word later that Fowler was going to be okay and he was hoping it wasn't be too serious. And, you know, they did one check and it was all right. And then kept having some pain, did the MRI, confirmed that it was a torn ACL. So that effectively ends Dexter Fowler's season, which is really tough because Dexter Fowler, while he provides a lot in right field, I, I think that Dexter Fowler on the field. I think you could kind of look at him as maybe a stopgap for the Angels because you know that you have Brandon Marsh coming. You know that you have Joe Adele coming. And there's a handful of other players, you know, maybe Taylor Ward in that mix. I don't know what exactly you do with Taylor Ward. He plays all over the field, but we know he's hitting the ball a lot better of late. You have all of these guys that that could be on their way up. and But when you're looking long term, I mean, Marsh and Adele, I mean, that that is the future for the Angels in the outfield. And to lose Dexter Fowler at this point in the season, that was supposed to be kind of a stopgap for the Angels to be able to get to the future uh, in 2022 and beyond for some of these young prospects. Um, losing Dexter Fowler hurts. On At the same time, 
I think losing Dexter Fowler in the clubhouse is bigger than anything else. I mean, Dexter Fowler was a glue guy. Uh, Dexter Fowler is somebody that makes other players better. He helps the young guys. On a really veteran team, though, I do think that this is something the Angels can overcome. It stinks losing Dexter Fowler. There, there's not a lot of positive that I can talk about when it comes to losing a player uh, of his caliber, even at his age, uh, for the rest of this season. That is, that is tough news, absolutely. And it, it does make the Angels you know, a lot thinner in the outfield, um, at least for now. And that's going to be something that the Angels are going to have to address moving forward for sure especially now that Juan Lagares is also on the injured list um, right now with that uh, calf issue. So, but losing Dexter Fowler in the, in the clubhouse is a problem, but I would say this. There has already been a culture established with the Angels. If the Angels were still in the process of trying to establish a culture, this would be a really devastating blow because Dexter Fowler is so good for the foundation of that culture. The Angels already have that. That all happened in spring training. That even happened sort of last season. It's been a process, and they've gotten to this point to where now the season has become, and everyone talks about how great of a room it is with this Angels team. Dexter Fowler, a very critical piece of that room. However, his presence has already been felt. What he can do has already had an impact on setting the foundation for the future of Angels baseball. So for Dexter Fowler, I mean, you talk about, you know, he's on a one year on the deal. Okay, one-year contract, essentially. Um, the Angels getting him in that trade from St. Louis with one year left. The Angels essentially um, had Dexter Fowler for 10 games, no, less than that even. And that is unfortunate. And it was not a, you know, for, for, for Dex, he was kind of just getting going. And De- uh, Joe Madden, I, I know, was really devastated about uh, losing Dexter Fowler. But, you know, we'll see what happens in the future for Dexter um, and what lies ahead for him. But, you know, for right now, as far as, you know, his contract with the Angels, it's a, it's a very short tenure with the Halos. But his impact on the clubhouse and for helping the young guys and getting the Angels through spring training, I think could uh, play dividends down the road. So, you know, losing Dexter Fowler hurts absolutely, but the Angels can overcome that. Now, Losing Anthony Rendon is tough too. You know, Rendon goes out of a, you know, stay in the game late, and the Angels getting beat fifteen to one, and ends up dealing with a groin issue that is now going to cost him, you know, ten days on the injured list. That that's tough because you're talking about one of the, you know, five or six best hitters in baseball is Anthony Rendon, and taking that guy out of the lineup really is going to test your depth. And now somebody like Jose Roas, who's going to be on the podcast a little bit later, he's got to step up in that position. And there are options like the Angels have have options to go with here whether that means you know maybe David Fletcher ends up spending some more time at third base and and Ringifo comes up at some point to play some second base maybe that's an option the Angels have if Rojas uh, doesn't start hitting there there are ways the Angels can go about this Joe Madden is a believer that once Rojas is getting regular at bats again He's going to be just fine at this level. They, they see his ability to hit and the numbers he's put up in AAA and what he did in spring training. They see that translating, the Angels do, at the big league level. Got to see how that ends up playing out. But, but that is something to, to keep in mind for the Angels. Now, I'm going back to the right field situation for a moment with Ligaris on the injured list. I do think it means, it, it means that Jared Walsh is going to be in the lineup every day. And, and that part is good. Now, do you want Jared Walsh to be your everyday right fielder right now? I don't think so. I don't think Jared Walsh right now is a is a major league caliber starting right fielder. I think he is at first base. 
Now, can Jared Walsh be, you know, competent in right field and, and be, you know, able to get you through by, you know, you get his bat in the lineup and he, and he can kind of get you through right field? Yes, Jared Walsh is able to do that right now. And I'm really excited about Jared Walsh because his bat does need to be in the lineup every single day. Jared Walsh, in a small sample, has proven that he is a, a high-level big league hitter. And you look at the AAA numbers as well. He comes to big leagues, and now you're seeing that backed up. I mean, I know it's a small sample with Jared Walsh. You're talking about a month last season, and you're talking about you know two weeks into this season. But Jared Walsh can hit. This guy delivers. It is clear. His his game, his bat, it plays at the big league level. So you got to find ways for for Walsh to be in the lineup every day. And it was going to be tough with the first base situation um, with Albert Pujols and with Shohei Otani DHing and, and Albert not being able to DH all that often. So, so finding spots you know, for Albert and Walsh to both be in the lineup is important to look at. And, and Albert is still, you know, he's still a run producer, and I get it. He, he is not what he once was. Um, far from it. But Albert is, is still able to, to give you something at the plate. And even though Jared Walsh might be able to give you more at this point in their careers, um, I, I do think that you know it's good that there's a way for Walsh to be in there every day I don't know that I necessarily want to see Jared Walsh in right field every day maybe that changes um, but but right now look you just need that guy's bat in the lineup like that that's the reality you got to get Jared Walsh in the lineup every day this guy's got to play 150 games for the Angels this year I, I mean it's, it's that kind of deal uh, for the Angels so that part's okay you know Juan Lagares is you know, you, you don't expect a ton from Lagares' bat, but with this lineup, you don't necessarily need that. You need him to play great defense um, in right field. And uh, him going on the injured list with the calf issue, uh, really tough, too. You thought he was going to be able to step right in in that uh, right field role, and, and he gets scratched before the first opportunity to do that on Monday. So the injury bug, no doubt, is biting hard. Max Stassi dealing with a sprained thumb right now. Tried to play through it in the game on Monday, uh, but he ends up uh, coming out of that game, and now he He's on the 10-day the IL, and Joe Madden saying hey, they're hoping it's just 10 days, you know, maybe two weeks for him. I mean, they're hoping it's just 10 days with, with Rendon and Lagares. None of these injuries seem like major injuries right now, but you stack them all together, and that's tough. Justin Upton goes down with some back stiffness, does not play on Tuesday. We don't know the severity of that. We're hoping Justin Upton is back soon. But when you include Upton in the mix, you talk about Fowler, Upton, Rendon, and Stassi. Now, that's four opening day starters that the Angels were without on Tuesday. Now, the Angels saw an opportunity to win that game on a, on a fluky play, on a ball that you know kicks away from uh, Salvador Perez, but it goes off the foot of Jared Walsh, and David Fletcher started breaking on that play and, and couldn't get back in time. You know, the Angels lost that game on a, on a play where they were probably being too aggressive, but I will say this, I'll take that. And there are going to be those moments this season where the Angels are going to play aggressive baseball and get burned. But over the course of 162, like that might that might be a real bummer on the night, but over the course of 162, that style of play is going to outweigh playing ultra conservatively uh, when you're talking about base running and you're talking about you know, you know trying to go first to third and, and doing different things with the bat. I, I like that the Angels were being aggressive in that spot, down by a run. You got David Fletcher at third base. Ball kicks away for a moment. Fletch breaks, um, but a, a real bad luck kind of thing happens when it hits Jared Walsh, kicks right back into the lap of Perez. Fletch trying to get back, couldn't do it. Okay, That's how the Angels go down in that game. 
But I actually like the aggressive baseball. And, and like I said, there are going to be moments this year where the Angels are going to be probably too aggressive or, or do something that you're saying, well, how did we lose like that? What, what happened there? Those are going to happen over the course of 162. But big picture, it's for the best that the Angels uh, play this aggressive style of baseball. I think it's good uh, for the Angels to play like that. So um, that, that's just kind of my thoughts on that situation uh, with, uh, with with you know that play on Tuesday night when the Angels end up losing 3-2 to the Kansas City Royals. Um, speaking of all the injuries, it also meant you know kind of a new influx of players have come up. The Angels have essentially gone with a short bench to kind of help with this, and uh, by by bringing in extra help in the bullpen, and um, we're seeing Anthony Bemboom is up, and we're seeing um, Jack Mayfield in right field or at third base is up, and then the outfielder and John Jay. The reason why those guys were called up is because that was who was on the Angels taxi squad. This is something that you're dealing with now in the COVID era you've never really discussed before and I really do think that like had it been normal times I'm pretty sure Taylor Ward would have been one of the guys to get called up but Joe Madden wants veterans to be on the taxi squad that that don't necessarily need to hit and play every day to be able to come up the big leagues and just step in and produce like somebody like Ward you want playing every day he's the alternate site and he's playing every day getting ready to go so when the taxi squad kind of gets reset here, you know maybe we do see Ward come back up, and maybe some of the guys that are here now just go back to the taxi squad. I don't know how that is exactly going to play out, but I do think it's interesting. Um, you know Joe Madden's philosophy on that about having you know he feels like you know John Jay could be a plug and play guy. Uh, Jack Mayfield, you're not you don't have Mayfield up for his bat, you have him for his glove, and you have him to be able to step in. Obviously, you have to have a catcher and Ben Boom be ready to go. So, for all of those reasons, um, you know, the Angels taxi squad has been fully taxed and uh, used up here on this first road trip. Uh, kind of crazy how this has all happened, but the injury bug is bitten hard for the Angels. It happened seemingly all at once, with the exception of Fowler. I don't know how serious any of these injuries are long-term. Angels certainly hoping not. We know Fowler is, is a long-term injury. He's done for the year, but everybody else, you're just kind of hoping you can kind of get through this next stretch here and be able to do it. The Angels, I mean, when you look at it, the Angels get Kansas City. They got an off day. Then they get Minnesota, tough series there, and then you get Texas. So if the Angels kind of weather the storm by playing, you know, six of those nine games against Kansas City and the Texas Rangers, just just get through those, and then um, you know that that's kind of a break there in the schedule. Those are teams that you know aren't expected to be towards the top of the standings. Minnesota is, and that's the homestand this weekend. That's gonna be a tough series. I mean, there is no question about that. And, and Shohei Otani, of course, still dealing with the blister as he's kind of being eased back in. He threw a ten pitch bullpen the other day. Um, so so Shohei is is dominating at the plate. Like you cannot take his bat out of the lineup right now. Like you need Shohei to hit every day. And there has been some talk. I think some of the perception nationally about Shohei Otani is you love his bat, and anything that you get from him as a pitcher is a bonus. I think the Angels probably see more in Shohei than that, and and Shohei has shown that he can be more than that. But he's got to take care of the blister issue, and you can't shut him down because you need him to hit every day. So that's another balance that the Angels are trying to work through um, there. 
As far as some of the other pitchers, I know Jose Quintana has struggled a little bit uh, to start the season for him. You know, he, he as a left-hander that's, that's kind of been around the block a time or two, I'm not overly concerned with Jose Quintana. Now you want to see him be able to figure it out, and I don't know how short or how long of a leash you can go with that when you got somebody like Patrick Sandoval uh, coming up in the Angels' farm that um, is on his way, and we know that he can produce at the big league level. So, that's, you know, Jose Suarez, maybe in that same group. So, you know, when it comes to Quintana, uh, you, you got to keep an eye out. I mean, you can't have him just get hammered every time out there. But uh, you know that Jose Quintana has a lot of ability. He's shown it before. And, and I think if, if, if Quintana was right-handed, I would be more concerned than if, you know, since he's left-handed. I, I think as a lefty, I think, um, you know, the look is different. I, I think he's going to be able to figure that out. So I'm not as worried about uh, Quintana. And I think Alex Cobb has looked outstanding. I mean, I think you've loved what you've seen from Alex Cobb, and you want to, you know, see that continue for the Angels. So those come uh, uh, two of the the new additions to this Angels rotation. You know, Cobb still wanting to figure it out after he dominated all spring training. I mean, and really, you look at his final spring training start, and then his first two big league starts. You know, those last three times out, you know, he's hit a rough patch. But again, I'm not overly concerned at this moment about Quintana in three weeks from now um, if he doesn't fix it or even two weeks from now if he doesn't fix it well then maybe some of that concern will start to come up but I'm not feeling that right now uh, and with Alex Cobb I, you, you know, you're over the moon all you're asking for from Angel starting pitchers with this lineup be able to give you you know quality starts six innings three runs if you can go quality start after quality start this Angels lineup is going to be able to score enough. You don't you don't need guys to go seven innings, one run. You, you don't need, you know, Cy Young kind of numbers from Angels starting pitching. The the bats are going to do enough. I know that you know they're they're shorthanded right now. The Angels are really banged up. You know, you're you know, on Tuesday night they were missing almost half of their opening day lineup. At the same time, you still got Mike Trout, you still got Shohei Otani, you still got Jared Walsh, David Fletcher. These guys are going to produce for you. Let them do their thing on the offensive side and have your, your all you need from starting pitchers for the Angels is to keep them in the game. And I know that going into Tuesday, the Angels were fifth in swings and misses of all the starting pitchers in, in baseball. So that's a really good sign. I'm not making I'm not going to go over the moon on that stat. I, that, that's not the stat that's kind of a be all end all for me, but it does show me that. Angels pitchers are working. Angels pitchers are doing a good job missing bats. And that's just something in the back of my mind I'm going to keep my eye on. The swings and misses from Angels starting pitchers, and Angels pitchers as a whole, um, I think is a good thing. And I think we've seen you know mostly good stuff from the Angels bullpen, too. I know in non-safe situations, um, Rysel Iglesias has struggled a little bit. You know, that's kind of been a theme for him. But, you know, in the past, it's, you know, I, I, I saw some of the Reds' perspective on, on Rysel Iglesias, and some of their thought was, was kind of, you know, when things are going well for Rysel Iglesias, it doesn't matter where he pitches, when he's struggled. You know, sometimes it's in safe situations, sometimes it's in non-safe situations, and that can kind of dominate the storyline. Again, I'm not concerned about Rysel Iglesias. I'm really excited the Angels have a bona fide closer uh, for the first time in a long time. All right, now it's time to get to our special guest, and that is Jose Rojas, the Anaheim native that is making his Angels Recap podcast debut. He joined me the other day on Zoom, and here now is our conversation with the Angels utility infielder, Jose Rojas. All right, we're being joined now by Jose Rojas. You know him as the Anaheim native. He's spent lots of time uh, in the Angels organization. And now here he is at the big league level, and he's joining us here on the Angels Recap Podcast and the Angels Pregame Show. Jose, first of all, congratulations on getting to this level. What has it been like for you in these first couple of weeks 
here in the big leagues, just kind of getting your feet wet at the highest level of professional baseball. Thank you, Trent. Yes, it's been amazing. Uh, surreal to say the least. Uh, I have yet to put into words what this is like. Um, I guess it's one of those experiences where, you know, you have to really walk through it to understand what it's like. But can't thank God enough for the opportunity, the Angels, Joe Madden for trusting me. And, you know, here we are getting to work. All right. Here's my the first big question I have to get. How many ticket requests did you get for opening day from friends and family in the Anaheim area, people wanting to see you play? Uh, with the whole COVID part, it was tough to get my entire media family all at once, but they were able to make it happen and get themselves a, a suite for opening day. I just can't even imagine what it's like. I mean, having grown up in this area, you know, I, I grew up in the area. I played Little League uh, in Anaheim Little League and tried to find my way through. Um, but my career stopped uh, 15 years ago. Uh, you and I are the same age, and now here you are at the big league level. Um, how would you describe the path to get here and, and to be a part of the Angels, your hometown team? You know, I guess it's more than obvious. It, it was a little different journey than most. Uh, would say, but, you know, thankful enough, uh, you know, I always had that faith that I can do it and I was going to ride that out and will ride that out until, you know, I can't play this game anymore. And, you know, I appreciate the opportunity again, the angels have given me and I want to make the most out of it to help the team win. Jose, I do a lot of coverage of Big West baseball in the area. So, you know, programs like Cal State Fullerton, UC Irvine, Long Beach State. I think every player on those teams thinks they're going to the big leagues. When you were playing at Vanguard, was that same kind of thought happening of, hey, I want to be a major league baseball player? Yeah. uh, Being at Vanguard, it was amazing. Uh, You know, I I came to find out that, you know, the same scouts that would go to the D1 schools were coming to our games as Figured, you know, we were being exposed some way, somehow through the same scouting department that these other Division One schools were, you know, getting exposed by. So, you know, the eyes were always there and it was a matter of believing and, you know, putting in the work. You were at Fullerton JC too, right? Correct. Yeah. So, okay. So you're getting lots of looks at a place like that uh, on top of it uh, as well. I want to talk about your professional career because your story I think is incredible. And I think resonates with lots of people because nothing was handed to you and anything but that has happened since you've been with the angels. When you're spending that much time in the minor leagues and you're putting up, I mean, the last two, three seasons, monster numbers at the triple a level trying to get to the show and you weren't getting that look at the major leagues. What is that time like when you're trying to say, hey, I'm doing everything I can. What is it going to take to get that chance? Like, can you walk me through what you're thinking in those times? Uh, yeah, personally, very thankful to have a supportive family and close friends who, you know, knew what was going on and helped me out to, like, stay the course, um, keep believing, you know, it's human nature to get frustrated and those type of moments. Um, but again, ultimately, you know, standing firm with that faith and keep believing and, you know, knowing that if it's meant to be, it'll be, and, you know, keep pushing forward. You know, you never know what can happen. Injuries happen all the time, you know, just a matter of opportunity, you know? Yeah, for sure. I know that there are a lot of Angels fans that were pretty pumped to see you make the opening day 26 man roster. I think it's one thing to get to the major leagues 
And now here you are being put into a really big spot. Anthony Rendon goes on the injured list. And now all of a sudden your manager, Joe Madden, is talking about you being an everyday player right now, at least until uh, Rendon comes back. Massive shoes to fill, sure. But for you, how do you see this opportunity to now get at least this time right now to play every day at the big league level? Uh, I don't take it any different in the sense that, you know, we always talk about knowing each other's roles. And for me, you know, it's going out there and, getting the job done, you know, on defense, on offense, getting good at bats, you know, making the routine play. And, you know, that should be enough to help the team win. People a lot of times like to talk about the change of the speed of the game when, when going from the minor leagues and, and like when you make the jump from AAA to the big leagues. How have you kind of sensed that so far? I know it hasn't been a ton of time with 13 at-bats, but but what have you kind of sensed the, of the difference of the game in AAA versus the big leagues? Yeah, uh, I can't. It relates with my teammates as well, because I can't thank them enough with them approaching me and just letting me know that it's the same game, you know, to stay relaxed, uh, play my game, know my role and, you know, enjoy the game. You know, I sometimes we put too much in our own mind where we kind of blow up that hype rather than like just playing the game, you know, and the way I see it is just a new level. But the same mindset has to be brought onto the field and knowing that you know, you can do this. Who have been some of the guys that you've got a chance to connect with? Literally every teammate from starters to bench guys to pitchers, everybody, coaches. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. And we keep hearing, you know, Joe Madden has kind of created a, a culture in this Angels clubhouse um, that's, you know, empowering for players and giving them opportunity, letting leaders on the field uh, take action in that. So it's cool kind of to hear you say that, that some of the guys that, you know, Joe has kind of been talking about are now helping you, you know, kind of get your feet wet at the big league level. What has this clubhouse been like, maybe compared to other places you've been? It's been great. Um, everyone's vibing with each other, picking each other up, um, rooting for each other. It, it's a great team atmosphere. And it's been a lot of fun to be a part of that here early on in the season. Now, Jose, you're playing third base, obviously, right now. And we've seen you at the corners before. I know at the AAA level, a little bit of second base. There's been some talk about you being in the outfield. I'm going down the checklist going, man, that's a lot of places that you're being asked. I know that you just told the writers a moment ago, hey, you just want to be wherever you can on the field. And obviously, I think that's a great mindset. In, in 2021 baseball, versatility is so important. But what are some of the challenges that come with, with trying to figure out so many positions to make sure that you are at that highest level um, and ready to go here at the big leagues? Yeah, uh, maintenance is key, you know, making sure you touch base on all of those positions, finding the routine to do so. Um, before batting practice, during batting practice, and knowing that that will get you right for the games on a day-to-day -day basis. Jose, I really appreciate the time today. I'm excited for your continued uh, success here as you continue to ascend here in baseball. I know we're all looking forward uh, to some great moments uh, coming from you in the time ahead. So appreciate the time today and looking forward to seeing you soon, man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, Trent.
Thanks again to Jose Rojas for the time there. Did want to touch on this so just for a moment. Tomorrow, April the 15th, will be the 74th anniversary of Hall of Famer Jackie Robinson's Major League debut. It's been a big day in baseball. Really, since 2004, it's been a day uh, to where baseball has honored the enduring impact of this moment on baseball and American society. The Angels do not have a game uh, on April 15th, so they are going to be wearing number 42 on Friday in their game against the Minnesota. Minnesota Twins, but um, on uh, on the 15th, Major League Baseball and its clubs are going to commemorate that day with special virtual activities to highlight the impact of Jackie's legacy uh, that he continues to have uh, as on, on us as a society, particularly through his historic trailblazing baseball accomplishments, as well as efforts as an advocate for civil rights and equality. So players, managers, coaches, umpires, Everybody on the field, um, they're all wearing number 42 uh, to honor the anniversary of Jackie Robinson's historic debut. And it's going to be a a continued, unified, league-wide recognition of Jackie Robinson Day. Uh, Commissioner Rob Manfred said, quote, this annual observance will further underscore our commitment to honoring Jackie Robinson, recognizing his indelible legacy, and commemorating the historic date when baseball truly became our national game. Again, that's Commissioner Rob Manfred. So there you go. That's tomorrow across baseball. The Angels will be all wearing number 42 on Friday against the Twins. That's going to do it for us on the Angels Recap Podcast. Thanks to Hannah Stang for helping us put this show together. My name is Trent Rush. Thanks to each and every one of you for tuning in and also for hitting that subscribe button and following along on the Angels Recap Podcast. Maybe you found us at angels.com slash podcast. Maybe you found us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Now why don't you subscribe and then you get the next one sent right to your inbox. How about that and then you don't have to go searching for it. It just comes right to you. That's what we want to do. Convenience here at the Angels Recap Podcast. What's on tap for the Angels coming up here in the next week? Three games with the Minnesota Twins on this upcoming homestand before three more with the Texas Rangers all at the Big A and it is going to be a party here at Angel Stadium. If you can get your hands on some tickets, do that because baseball is back and you are as much a part of this as anybody. So we can't wait to see you here at the Big A and of course stay tuned after every home game and check out Angel Angels recap where we take live tweets, answer them on the air, and break down what happened uh, in the hours leading up to that during the Angels baseball games. That's after every single home game on the home of Angels baseball, Angels Radio AM 830. Have a great rest of your day, and thanks for joining us on the Angels Recap Podcast.